Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So today we're talking about uh, silence and solitude, which is the first instalment in our new series. Uh, and I'm just going to jump into chatting with you. It's it's a Christian practice that we've been doing for hundreds, thousands of years, Judeo-Christian goodness. So uh, let me open. Life is noisy, right? And, and most of the time, that's a pretty good thing, uh, that life's noisy. It means there's activity, there's action, celebration, and kids playing. Uh, but whether good or bad, actually, it does wear us down after time, uh, and, and it affects us physically and spiritually. So I don't know about you guys, but for, for most of us, I think that being in lockdown uh, has either made us a little less busy or a little more busy. I don't know which can be fit into, uh, but whether it's the constant torrent of like news feeds or uh, social media or trying to get all your family together on Zoom, extended family, friends from a long, long way away, doing quizzes. Actually, in my house, there's not been a lot of quiet, especially with, with childcare going on. Uh, so what a great time for me to talk about uh, spiritual discipline and silence and solitude. Uh, for myself, I've never been really more aware of, of wanting silence and solitude and wanting uh, to be closer to God. So like I said, this is a really good time for me to be exploring this and I hope you find it helpful. Uh, the Bible calls us to activity, doesn't it? There's loads of great stuff that the Bible asks us to do. Uh, whether that's acts of kindness, managing our household well, fighting for justice, singing songs of praise, not songs of praise, but songs of praise, uh, and eating and drinking with other people and just working hard and honestly. Now, that's just like the tip of the iceberg, but just reading that list is pretty, pretty exhausting, isn't it? Like, how do you fit all that into a day as well as, as, well as finding time to be quiet and get on with some of the things that you might think are fun? If we want to meet with God and get to know him, he invites us to do so in the quiet. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. The Israelites are in a pickle. They're kind of surrounded by all sides. Uh, and uh, this is what God says to David, Be still and know that I am God. Throughout the Bible, we see people meeting God in the quiet. Here's my little list. Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden walk with God. Uh, Moses in the desert, he has an encounter with a burning bush, God's there. Jacob wrestles a guy at Peniel in the desert, turns out he's God too. Uh, Jesus himself prays in the desert, he prays in gardens, he prays on a lake, in a boat, on a mountain, in the wilderness, pretty much anywhere where there wasn't people, uh, and in nature. Uh, then we see in the New Testament, people like John living alone on the island of Patmos where he has loads of visions and dreams. And that that basically results in his letters called one to John. And then we've got um, Revelation as well. And all that comes from him spending time with God, just being quiet and taking inspiration. And, and then Jesus himself in Matthew 6 teaches us to pray in our houses, behind closed curtains or closed doors and uh, not make a theatric of it on a street corner that actually prayer is an intimate and kind of solitary thing. So 
that's Jesus. And then if we look back at the Old Testament, right, right at the beginning when when Judaism is starting to form, you have this idea of the tabernacle, which is a special place. Even though the people were wandering around in the desert and kind of away from most of society, they needed somewhere where they could be quiet and, and be with God. Now, this place, God gave them instructions on how to build it, but there's they basically designed a room with just amazing soundproofing. So there's like, there's a layer of like special like, I think it's manatee skins, which is a bit weird because they're really endangered now, but that's the waterproof bit on the top and that would have been thick. And then there's like a linen layer and a few other layers. And basically it's just loads of soundproofing. And then the, the actual curtain that goes around it, which is the same curtain they talk about um, in the temple being torn when Jesus died, the curtain was supposed to be that thick a hand's breadth thick. So imagine how how good that soundproofing is, how much the Israelites valued silence, that they spent that much money when they were just wandering around the desert on, on making something so quiet. So that's quiet in kind of Bible history. Here's my experience. It's really hard to be quiet for a long time, like intentionally, and... It's also hard to commit to doing it when there's so other, so many other good things to do. And I, I've got to admit, it's not always my first reaction as to how I, I respond to my circumstances. I'm very quick to talk sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'll just jump into action without really thinking about it. Uh, but it just hasn't always been my first kind of reaction to, to circumstance or how I'm going to plan out my day. I managed to get through being a, a Christian teenager uh, through Bible college and through my first like kind of ministry placement without really having a handle on the art of being quiet and, and the value of, of meeting God in that space. Uh, so it wasn't until my life got really, really crazy and I moved out to do some work with an organisation called Bless in France and... Uh, Part of what they did was a bit of mission. Part of what they did was a bit of praying and creativity and doing stuff with locals and just bringing the kingdom of, of God to that, that locality and, and a bit broader out. Uh, but one of the things they did was they had a prayer room. And it was a really nice big room. had loads of cool stuff to do in it uh, and you could fit a good amount of people in it. But every Friday, they'd do a 24-hour prayer thing. And uh, I didn't really enjoy it. I thought, I don't know what I thought, but I just found it really hard to engage with at first. I think I felt a bit of pressure of like having to do something. And then I tried to walk the line of like, I wasn't too excited about it. And I'd try and put off signing up for an hour or a couple hour blocks. Uh, but then the panic set, because if I didn't sign up for it, then the, the slots were getting later and later and it would end up in the middle of the night before you'd get a slot and you're still kind of obliged to do it. So my friend Matt, he kind of took me aside one day and he said, I've noticed that you're not particularly keen to, to do this. Um, should we explore why that is? And uh, I kind of answered him and said, well, yeah, I just find it a bit bit boring and I don't, I don't really see the point. I know I'm supposed to like it, but... I, I guess I feel pressure. I feel like I've got to be good at doing prayers. I, I've got to have like a long agenda I've got to bring to God or I've got to be good at doing worship songs on my own or all of that stuff. And Matt said, that's, 
that's not what it's about. It's just it's just space to be free. Just go and sit in there and be quiet. And if you feel inspired to do something, like engage with some of the activities or do whatever else, then you can. So once I'd got past that kind of awkwardness of just learning to start sitting in the quiet, I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I felt like God was getting involved in my thoughts. And then from a place where my soul just was tired and dry and I didn't know what I was doing, actually just this whole new thing of creativity um, and kind of a strengthening of identity happened. I was writing, I was picking up a guitar and playing songs. Thank goodness you don't have to hear that right now. And uh, yeah, just having a whale of a time, just sitting in this room, being quiet most of the time, but then maybe saying some stuff, maybe doing some music or whatever. And I really valued it. Like something was changing in me that meant that I then took that out of the prayer room and maybe I'd do it in my room or I'd go to another place and do it or go out on a walk. And and I became comfortable with the idea of spending time with God and not having to do a particular dance for him. I'm not performing for him. He just wanted to be with me and I was starting to want to be with him. So, yeah, new patterns of thought were happening and it was just golden. It was a total life lesson. In what was such a crazy time for me, circumstance-wise, I was learning to separate, like, who I am, who God is, what my circumstance is, and how all those things can kind of come together and how I wanted to move forward or what I was going to do with the rest of my day or my week uh, and actually I just was beginning to feel more confident in myself more energized um, and that was just a really special season for me and I will be grateful for having been walked through that and given that opportunity we don't all get the opportunity of having a special prayer room that's like ready for you to use uh, pretty much whenever you want to use it so yeah that was great and what's more is it was an investment, it was an investment in that specific time, but it's an investment for the rest of my life. I think sometimes we've got so much stuff to do that it feels a little bit selfish to take time for yourself, to take time to be quiet, because you, you could be doing this or you could be doing that, uh, or actually I've kind of got something else that I think is a bit more entertaining to do. Um, but actually, it's, it's not selfish. If you, if you stop and you spend time being quiet with God and, and listening to his spirit and uh, him showing you things about your character and your circumstance, then actually like you, you get insight as to who you are or what you're up to or who God is, uh, and that's restoring for the soul. And then you can take that out. That informs what you do for the rest of the day or for the rest of whatever it is you're looking at. So taking time out doesn't just mean stopping for the sake of stopping and I'll pick it up later. There's an element of that, but actually it helps you get your ducks in a row. Uh, God will line up your thinking and, and you'll get opportunities to have real honest conversations with him. Uh, and sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that's really hard seeing like seeing some maybe some of the more negative aspects of your life. But the joy is that God gives you the power to, to, to put put good things into into motion. Um, so yeah, Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf to you. Uh, she wrote a great book called Switch on Your Brain. And she says that uh, through, through some really interesting scientific 
uh, research that actually when you stop and rest and are silent, your brain works really, really differently. Um, so you've got, obviously you've got all this stuff swirling around from your day, whether that's your circumstance or a conversation you've had with someone else that hasn't gone too well or uh, what you're having for dinner or all of these things, you know, that just rattle around in your head. When you stop, rather than just your brain holding all these things in a big kind of gelatinous blob, your brain starts to process things more rationally. So she says that we're not actually very good at multitasking. If there's someone in the room with you who thinks they're good at multitasking, just give them a little look uh, because your brain isn't really wired to do that. Your brain works best, really, if you can bookend all the things that you're doing, take a little bit of time to do one thing effectively, take a bit of time to rest, move on, do another effective thing, and such like. So spending rest spiritually is a good thing, mentally it's a good thing, physically it's a good thing. Uh, and I think we can all take something from that. So in conclusion, when I think about silence and solitude, I don't think about it as inactivity, because we've got to trust God with our activity uh, and that the world will keep turning and his purposes are kind of true and they're going to happen and the things that you're concerned about God's going to look after but I like to think of silence and solitude as a bit of a travelator I don't know if you've seen a travelator before they're quite often in busy places like airports or train stations they're like an escalator escalators take you upstairs travelators just kind of take you along a little bit uh, but you're generally walking kind of hurried like you are in life and then you see one of these and you think oh great so you you hop onto it and you stop walking and then the travelator kind of takes you a portion of the journey closer to where you need to be and then you can get off the travelator and you start walking again refreshed a bit closer to to where you need to be and I think that really is what what God does with us uh, in silence and solitude we're not actually just stopping for the sake of stopping and not moving we're actually stepping onto a God that, that is moving uh, and doing things way more efficiently than we can do. And hopefully we can draw from that time and it not feel like it's been a subtraction uh, from our life. Silence and solitude about trusting God. He'll keep the world turning whilst you take some time out. And in that time, you're letting the spirit inform what you do, how you talk, are there times, like with me, where you open your mouth and just say something, whether that's religious jargon or just something from the emptiness of your head in a situation where actually maybe something a bit more profound is required or in a situation maybe where it's better that something's not said at all? Do you crash into situations like a bull in a china shop just with the momentum of the rest of the day behind you without really thinking how how that's affecting your soul or how uh, how you might not really be letting God into that that action or that that process of thinking silence and solitude and that time in prayer are there to help bring God uh, into your thoughts and into your actions how are we going to do that I've got five little ideas that might help you out uh, and they're not perfect and I'm not very good at all of them so the first bit of advice that I'm going to give you is just that it's hard. You've got to really want to do it and you, you've got to fight for it. Like there's so many other things screaming for our attention. 
there are literally millions of companies out there that are paying for your attention through advertising uh, and like TV programs, like what people dress in, like people are asking you questions. There's just everybody wants a bit of your time. How can you portion off a bit uh, for silence and solitude and getting to know God a bit better? So here's my five. You just got to do it. Go into a room, like Jesus said, close the curtains, shut the door, like turn off the telly, turn your phone off, turn your CD player off. All those things, just stop. Turn it all off. Set an allocated amount of time. Maybe start small, five, 10, 15, an hour. Spend time just seeing what happens. It's so easy once we're in that place of committing to doing some silence and solitude and, and prayer and being close to God to just being distracted in the first two minutes. And before you know it, you're checking your Instagram feed and uh, looking at that like secondhand sofa on Facebook Marketplace. Like, actually, you've got to just remove all those things otherwise you won't be able to have that quality time. Another thing that I've found really helpful in my life at the moment is to capitalise on what is otherwise dead time. So uh, when Zoe's having a nap, my daughter, she's one and a bit, uh, she's noisy and she's boisterous and sometimes she sleeps. Uh, and when she does sleep, like rather than just sinking back in a chair and thinking, right, I'm going to watch something now, actually thinking, well, if Zoe's being quiet, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to try and listen to God and and enjoy my circumstance and try and prepare myself better for the rest of the day or working on my soul and my character and, and just being in that regard. Uh, and my friend Matt, the same guy that I was telling you about, he, uh, he did this thing called a kettle prayer. So he found that he was drinking a lot of tea and that his kettle took three minutes and goodness knows how many seconds to boil. Uh, so he would offer that three minutes and however many seconds to God in, in prayer. So rather than like be faffing around in the kitchen trying to tidy up other bits whilst he was waiting for a cup of tea, he would just, he'd written a prayer that he would say or think in that time that would last about three minutes and however many long seconds and then he'd carry on with it. It's like, it's like guerrilla, like opportunistic prayer. Another thing, I've done it in the past, but find an old church building or, or place of worship uh, and just sit in there and be quiet. For us in Romsey, that might be the Abbey, uh, having just opened up for, for prayer. Um, but I found that when I was sitting in a place like that, that actually lots of stuff comes into perspective in that silence. So all of a sudden my circumstance, although it's a very real uh, thing, that it would kind of fade into the greater narrative, the greater story of church history. And you think that some of the people that, that have been involved in the church right from the early time, they were martyrs and they were really disciplined and they did some really great stuff for their communities and they spent a long time probably sitting in silence and solitude with God themselves. So I think sometimes entering into that space has, has helped me understand where I fit into the picture and kind of reminded me that just just how small some of the things that I worry about are. Uh, number four, as we learnt from 
the uh, Bible characters that I was telling you about earlier, they like being out in nature. So there's not a lot of desert in the UK at the moment. Uh, let's hope it stays that way. But we do have lots of wilderness and uh, there's lots of lovely walks to go on. Uh, there's lots of lovely lakes. There's just, just creation is marvellous and I don't get out into creation enough. But what I do do is if I can get away with it, I'll walk to the office in the morning the long way so I could cut through like over a couple of roads, go through the train station, up the canal path and into the industrial estate that way. But I choose to go a kind of more pretty, shrubby, by the longer, a longer bit of the canal. Uh, and it just means that I get to gather my thoughts, spend a little bit of time before I get there. So that's my little day to day. But sometimes it's just nice to go and be somewhere beautiful and just understanding that the God who created all that stuff and all the the mountains and the trees and the grass and and yeah that God is interested in you uh, and he wants you to know more about him and he wants you to know more about who he's created you to be and the last one retreat so I don't know if you've ever retreated I've done it a few times but just to go away go somewhere completely different like Go away intentionally, go and find some space and seek God. Um, there's all sorts of ways you can do it. There are silent retreats where you actually go to like a monastery or whatever and just you're quiet the whole time and you have to try and not smirk and giggle across the table at the other people that are there and, and things like that. Uh, and sometimes they come with like rhythms of prayer and whatever. There are others where maybe you do just want to go and stay in a nice place part of nature uh, the excuse I always give for not doing that is that it's too expensive and I haven't got time and quite frankly that's not true because you can do stuff pretty cheaply and the amount of other things that I can find to do on a Saturday or you might be able to do like the, the list is endless isn't it so you could go and go shopping or you could go to a football match or you could go and visit some friends but the reality is if we valued getting closer to God, then we would make time to go and do something like a retreat. Um, so I really want you to take joy from this teaching, if that if that's possible. I want you to be, I want you to have a go at some of those steps. I want you to consider what silence and solitude uh, can bring to your life in the sense of discussion discovering more of God and, and more about who you are in that context. And I want you to be rested. I want you to be refreshed. I want you to be encouraged. Now, I'll leave you this little picture. I talked about my daughter earlier. I love most of the stuff my daughter does. I don't like it when she throws food off her high chair or she cries for what seems like no reason. But I love watching her like giggle. I like watching her doing a goofy little run. Uh, I love everything about her, but I think some of the most valuable times are, are not necessarily those where we're playing really fun games or she's learning a new word, whatever. The most valuable time that I think I have with Zoe are the times at the end of the day or first thing in the morning when she's just sat in my arms, totally chill, not trying to wriggle free and escape to get to that packet of biscuits in the corner or not kind of pointing at the TV because she's desperate to see more Sean the Sheep. The times that I love the most with Zoe are when she's just sat in my arms 
and I can just be with her and I can sniff her little hair, hold her chubby little hands. And like, I think that we have to think of, of times of silence and solitude like that, like being held in our father's arms when we're not rushing off to go and do an activity, when we're not worrying about something else, but actually we're just really enjoying being in the presence of each other. So with that image in your mind, go and have a go at spending some time in silence and solitude uh, with your heavenly father. You don't need to do anything particularly, you just need to try not to do something. So yeah, God bless you and have a go. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.